0: Episode 29, Live at the Fillmore, with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper.
1: Thank you very much indeed, Of course, the Fillmore being uh, my house. So it's come to this. uh, Unplugged. (laughs) I I hope we get through this. There's no guarantee we are. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're doing what we can uh, to look up and not down. But, uh, I mean, to be absolutely honest, Lou, I... Uh, I, I was all for not carrying on with this because it seemed absurd uh, lashing it together like this but those bloodsuckers thats something else uh, they, 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 no, they, they pulled out well, just, what's the technical word they used? A contract and, and, and here we here we all are.
0: We've traversed from across many counties
1: we, you have. I mean I've been one of the few shows I've ever done no not too few in my pyjama bottoms <laughs> and leopard skin. Yes, thank you for trying but thank you very much for bearing with us everyone we're going to try and uh, like Tony Hancock in The Blood Donor keep saying Mayday, Mayday, Mayday until somebody hears us <laughs> they're lighting oil drums on the runway trying to bring us down safely but uh, fortunately your emails will all come through and mm-hmm. uh, just treat this one like um, when they uh, uh, re-released Let It Be called it Let It Be Naked took all the production of it and ruined it but uh, <laughs> otherwise uh, here we go pet what are we uh, in theory doing today
0: okay number one notable jobs your grandparents had Number two, where were you when you heard a big news story break? <laughs> Topical. Yeah. Number three, childhood misconceptions about animals. And number four, the biggest big head you ever met. Got a
1: belter on that. Yeah, so, uh, see, th- this is all very experimental, and normally I'd be sitting here with my box of musical tricks. Mm-hmm. But I've been assured... By the bloodsuckers up at uh, something else, <laughs> that, uh, uh, that, that they can do it post afterwards. Well, we'll find out now, right, peps? Okay. Because if they've got and if there's anything in their empty words, and I don't have to laugh down my <laughs> sleeve, when I say now, on will come our Steady Dan music. Ready? Now. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> I take part of it back. Uh, so today, and I'm trying to keep all the usual offices going. So um, uh, Isaac Newton. Uh-huh. Isaac Newton. Um, he, he died today. Oh. And uh, yeah, I know. I don't like, often like to do that. Uh, born Christmas Day 1642. Born oh. Except he wasn't because he was one of the last gasps of the Julian calendar. Then they changed oh. it to the Gregorian You're calendar. are not doing calendars said, again. Yeah. They said, Newton, not so fast. Your birthday is now 4th of January. Oh.
0: No. <laughs> I wouldn't... Uh, Unless they tell you in the interim... Technically, it makes your birth year one younger, so that's...
1: Kind of, yeah. Yes, but only um, by, the only the only upside to this, and I've been thinking about it, uh, if they told him between his birthday and his new birthday,
0: extra birthday. Ah, yes, true.
1: As Ian Dury said, the only thing I want for my birthday is another birthday. Yeah. That's what he used to say. So uh, I, uh, I do extensive research on a lot of these. Stay with everyone. The show begins in Santa. And as far as I can see, he had no middle name. Oh, no middle like name. No, nowhere on the internet can you see his name as it, it could have been Julian after the calendar. Isaac, Julian we don't know that. Uh, uh, and here's the thing, what is he known for, Isaac Newton? Um, Come on,
0: yeah, the apple on the head. He is the gravity one. Of course, he's I the thought thought for a moment. One. I was going no, to go with gravity and I thought, sh- oh, I'm going to be humiliated. No, 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 no. Uh, right, he I, is I couldn't gravity. throw it in my I
1: mean, yes, he's gravity. Okay. And calculus, right? And all oh, of that. Mm, thanks a bunch, Isaac. But, but, uh, yeah, the reason we should all, and this is the least known thing about Isaac Newton, he uh, his work on light exiting a prison led directly to the cover of Dark Side of the <laughs> World. It's the first time you ever see the cover of Dark Side of the Moon in his his drawings. Yes, he, he also did, you know, categorise seventy two species of cubic curves. But without him, gravity without there. him, there's no money. Money, it's a drag, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever the, uh, lyric I'm looking for is. The other thing we need to know about Newton, promised Steve, this is give me a short show with <laughs> what we promised him. It would just be a short one. Uh, is uh, in eighteen sixteen, a tooth said to belong to Isaac Newton was. Sold for seven hundred and thirty pounds. Oh, oh, in what year? In seventeen uh, eighteen sixteen. It There's like a, a house back well, there. Seven seven hundred and thirty pounds. Apparently the big was in at seven hundred seven two five and on the last minute somebody sniped it and Is it went seven thirty. It's so always put seven three one dot seven seven. That's what you're gonna do there. Anyway, it was later set in a in a ring. We should have our sort of um, uh, starry eyed music behind okay. this. It was set in a ring, and the Guinness Book of Records lists it as the most valuable truth in history.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know what the runner-up would be. Well,
0: at least no one ate it.
1: No, no one ate it, no, but uh, uh, up on the it's, whereabouts the day. it's whereabouts today. It's whereabouts today is a mystery. <gasps> However, and I hope we'll get our mysterious music behind this bit. I can't keep doing that. I just feel <laughs> like I should be doing it. Isaac uh, um, Newton worked out that humankind and the earth would cease to exist in the year 2060. That's okay, right, we've got a bit of time. You have, uh, uh, but <laughs> that is not such a bad prediction. You think about it, this is a terrible message. So it's you were going 20, 20, to say 2020, I was like, no. and that's Isaac Newton. You know, he, he, he didn't speak with four forked tooth, he had a mouth, took some tongue. That's Isaac Newton giving it that. And by the way, the apple did not hit him on the head. He did oh, see okay. an apple drop, okay, but it didn't hit him on the head. That was purely an invention of 1950s short sketch writers. <laughs> but, uh, there's uh, <laughs> So there's your eyes, and, and then this is the you know, that came from here, if you like. It's Cole Ryan's birthday, by the way, as well. Oh, 90th birthday, Carl. Mel Brooks is great mate, Cole Ryan. They still meet every night for dinner. Really? Yeah. Mel Brooks and Cole Reiner <laughs> meet for dinner. They like to watch the game show Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and they sit. That's a retirement home you want to move into. You can see it on YouTube uh, on Jerry Sanford's comedian in cars he goes and sits with them. They have a TV dinner and both crack wise and they're both sharp as a tack. <clears throat> last thing. Sorry, last thing. Cole Reiner mm. uh, was more famous than Mel Brooks originally. Oh, okay. Uh, and they wanted to groom him because he was more handsome than Mel Brooks to be a star. And he thought he'd write about his own life write what well, you know I think 1963 and so the network paid him a lot of money and they said I'm going to make you a star he said I'll write my own scripts In there. okay okay initially and he came up with a thing about his own life he was a script writer and his own home life how his ordinary life clashed with his mixing all the stars quite a concept and they filmed it and the Cole Reiner show was piloted in front of an audience died on its rear end no. didn't do any business and they asked the audience what's the man we don't like him. We like the show, but we don't, there's only one thing wrong with the Carl Reiner show. As Carl Reiner. And so the network said, we like the script. We're going to get someone else. Is that all right? He said, if you like. And they found an actor on Broadway called Dick Van Dyke. No. They changed it to the Dick Van Dyke show with Mary Tyler Moore. And that is TV history, my friend. Oh. Yeah. But there's only one thing wrong, Carl, with the Carl Reiner show. <laughs> and the audience is Carl Reiner. Same script, Dick Van Dyke. They loved it. And that's... Oh. Oh. It was originally. His. Oh, Carl! What you got over there,
0: uh, This is a biggest big head. <laughs> from Mark. Years ago whilst living in Devon with my parents, a new family moved nearby. Due to enforced friendship, they began popping round uninvited. My folks called them the Biggers and Betters. The country holiday clothes, income, car life experience or food they couldn't top you on didn't exist. One day they strode into our kitchen when a homemade shepherd's pie was in the oven. Mrs. Bigger smelt the air and declared loudly, what a gorgeous smell. It was only the other day my daughter asked me why I didn't Cook anymore like I used to in the old days when we were poor. No! Oh, now
1: uh, the reason I suffocate that yowl at the end of it is because I've got a bigger and better. Oh, I okay. And it says, due to enforced friendship, our friends kept popping round and when we moved in nearby, we called them the bigger and better. Oh, I think no! already the system has broken down. We both.
0: Oh, no. I
1: was, was going to join in like a happy Sad well. I'm it just picture it. That. start getting a little competitive now. <laughs> Already the system was broken down. We both printed out the same email. <laughs> oh, <laughs> double bubbles. I'll tell you what, uh, we'll do another version of this show in a minute. I'll read it. And let people make <laughs> <their care. laughs> you, you could be Carl Reiner. <laughs> <laughs> Be I think we all know something
0: else, in there. Okay, this is from Paul Ingram. I think this was our uh, thinking you have been burgled. Ah, okay. I created a man den for my books, etc., and fitted a load of kitchen cupboards. I filled them with scores of books. Went on holiday, came home, carnage. Cupboards of the wall, books everywhere. Told my partner we'd been burgled and to call the police while I went to work. Police arrived an hour or so later, saw the carnage, and within five minutes had come to the conclusion. I had caused, said Same, by putting too many books in my cupboards. Oh. Police laughing, partner fuming, didn't talk to me for a few days. Well, uh, uh, while we're bereft of calls, and we may we may
1: um, uh, get the calls back again after a while, I can't think how that's going right to Find a way. Stop looking at us like that out there. We're doing our best. We're coming in, literally winging a prayer, fumes, helping us over the line here. Over the next few weeks, it may even sound better. Well. It may do. I can't imagine how that's going to work, but it may do. Um, but in the meantime, I may have to dip into my fund of stories that I knew one day I would have to get round to telling. But not Michael Caine. I
0: was going to say do, you, do we need to break the Michael
1: Caine box no, already? No, the David. Are we all ready? You may need to hear the last show to realise uh, the, the significance of the Michael Caine box, but that's there. But this is something I've told on the tours, and I didn't want to uh, do that on the evening, but I might as well, it's Apple about thinking you've been burgled. Uh, and my dad used to um, arrange a lot of burglaries, not that he was a mastermind, but we used to, you know, look, look again on the estates, that's what you did. Christmas coming up, someone's birthday, we're going to have a burglary. And um, uh, people on the tour, they, they didn't know him this. So, uh, uh, the woman who used to live next door is called her Mrs. D. Uh, she had a load of daughters and she knocked on her door when I was about eight and said, um, Spud, uh, my was standing at the bazaar, daddy, daddy, and she went, Spud, I didn't to call my dad Spud. Um, we're going to have burglary next year, see? Now I heard this and, you know, cause my dad and my dad went, yeah, go on, yeah, and what, what about it? She went, well, uh thing is, see, she was, everyone was from the, the flats, worked in factories, obviously, in the docks and everywhere else, but her husband was a, a chauffeur uh, and God, God love him, but he was wasn't of the culture, let's say that. Okay. So she said, look, on Tuesday, um yeah, don't, he mustn't know. Let's call him Peter because that was his name. Peter mustn't know, right? Because he don't approve of things like that. I mean when I my dad used to bring on French in the docks and I'd go door to door, take them round, and, take them jeans round the we'll door, see who wants them. Tell everyone I've got ties and I've got, you know, nodding dogs for the back of the car. Um, and I'd go around all the night me my brother. And my dad's got ties, he's getting lemonade next week. He okay, and I'll take orders. But if you're not there and he answered the door. He would politely say, I um, uh, uh, appreciate it, but we don't We don't bite the door. You know, I'm sorry. Not, and that's, that's how they work. Proper. So she knocked at the door saying, we're going to have a burglary on Tuesday. Now, he said, what do you want to do, Pam? And I'm like, burglary? Oh. She went, well, I'm going to take the kids and him out for the pictures. When we're out, do me a favour, because I've got to make it look genuine. She said, here's the key, let yourself in, right? Would you turn the place upside down? This is an absolute true story. And, she, and turn it upside down. So, yeah, what right. time you go going to actually go, we'll so. seven, eight o'clock, let yourself in. Turn it upside down, so when we come home, I'll say, oh, we've been robbed, and he's, you know, like, I'll get it, like, he won't know, because he must, I know, leave it, I'll do it. <laughs> so... Round come the Tuesday, and, you know, um, I don't know, university challenge or whatever <laughs> goes off, and the army looks in. his well, watch, he gets up. We were at number 11. Number 13 was next door. Uh, lets himself in, in the masonettes. Goes in, does a good job of it. He overturns the, the, the table, the curtains this way and that, and he draws out, ashtrays all over here, messes up you know, rugs, opens the back door wide open. That's how they got in. Does it lovely. Good job. Go back indoors. He's done her a favour. There are the pitchers. They come home about past ten. But unbeknownst to them, half an hour after my old man turned it all over yeah. and did his job, Peter, who was the straight-laced husband, his mother just called him. <gasps> so she puts the key in the lock, lets herself in, and thinks, look how that slack cow's gone out and left this no! house. <laughs> Tidied it all up again. No! This you could have nearly made a quite on the road. We didn't, didn't make the actual scene. Tidied it all up again. <laughs> they get off the bus uh, from the Elephant Castle up last him. she gets ahead of him to do the full theatrical. Open oh, the front door and goes, Oh, no, Peter, we've been tidying up. <laughs> and she's <laughs> set them all Man, the next day. What am I going to do in that holiday, man? You've let me down. And she said, you pay, did it, you can't it done the spot. Blake now, you are an over. I don't know what's the matter also from something else.
0: Mel Gedroich is Quilting. Listen to Mel and good friend Andy Bush as they learn a great new skill and tell some brilliant stories, all whilst having some good, wholesome fun. In a nutshell, I took a pair of scissors and I went into my husband's wardrobe. Now, this comes from a shirt that I bought him that I know he doesn't like. So I'm testing him <laughs> uh, uh, this is brilliant. Yeah, by finding out when he discovers Amazing. that the shirt has got a big patch out of the back of it. Wow, and which area of the shirt is this taken from? Bottom right. OK. <laughs> Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps. We're talking to neighbours. I think I'm, I'm not sure... I have the surname for this one, but I yeah. like to, whoever it is, thank you. Uh, when we moved into our current house, or maybe they haven't given their name, our next door neighbours to one side were an older couple. About 10 years on, he died and the widow lived on for her own oh. until she moved to sheltered housing. The daughter let us know the house was being put on the market, but no for sale sign. A few months on, we found the house had been bought and we thought work would start on it as it had been untouched since the early 70s. Months went by, nothing happened, no one visited, nothing. Then one morning, a 18 months later, I was sat in our office overlooking the street and saw police cars and vans. Of course, I went down to have a nosy and asked the sergeant what was going on. He said they were dismantling the cannabis farm. Oh. The whole house had been set up to grow weed and we'd never seen or smelt a thing. Extraordinary! And uh, when, when was this? Er, uh, oh, this is not long ago. Oh. You see, that that again, uh,
1: no, I'm, uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but I'm just going to go with my life. No. And I'm going to say that I and that is more the only thing that makes people more surprised about me after I've told them I don't have a mobile phone I've got, <laughs> I've got no philosophy behind it I just don't is if I later say uh, I, I, no I've, I've never smoked up. and they go come on you've worked any NME for four years you've been around that no it, and again another time in the emergency box oh, me and Danny Kelly talking about boat in Amsterdam one of the great fiasco stories <laughs> I'm going to crowdfund a book I really am because these are the ones that never made on the tour, but, uh, uh, but I, I, I think the reason was I would have had no idea. Where you bought it. I mean, like today, it's put through the letterbox like pizza menus, you know. And, 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 and London is. Uh, I don't understand. I, the, it's as bad as the smell of cigarettes to me. You walk around the yeah. streets, it stinks. It's revolting. I don't care about all this, oh, you know, man, got every weed. It's revolting. It stinks. It smells sweaty. It, smell, <laughs> it smells. I never, I never was a student, but I imagine that's exactly what, you know, common rooms smelt like the morning after. And it's revolting, and I'm all for keeping it bang. So, but because I would never buy it. I did. I literally thought, like, that's throwing in the It took about eight pounds. Wanna buy some ends Hands? <laughs> right. <laughs> what a drug dealer looked like. Nobody on who smoked it? I mean, I think they've made up for it since. But anyway, no, I am. I'm standing right there with... Uh, OK, you're with, right down there, with close to the cannabis. ...and Ruth Small. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, you might as well open the bleeding drains and let it out the leg. Honestly, don't... To stay away from your red wine, but you're not having that dog. Uh, something else, pet.
0: <laughs> this is Martin. I think
1: he's making be better shabboos. Yes! <laughs>
0: Callers! Do we broad. don't need our no stinking collars. <laughs> in brackets Fabio in Leicestershire ah. I've made up my own category and then the date changed he said this could fit your other podcast as well ah. I'm getting married next year brackets for the third time don't ask ah. I'm really looking forward to it I've been involved in the careful planning the venue the DJ the menu I've even helped future Mrs. R choose her dress mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think from that, if you just
1: roll it back and listen to the noise Peps makes after her Choose Her Dress, you can guess exactly what her face is doing. <laughs> that was sheer... That was mm, a mm. wise choice. Hmm. How modern. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> you know, if someone had said to you on your wedding, uh, for your wedding, don't worry, I'm going to choose your dress.
0: <laughs> even better face, more... more, more. <laughs> even better, a bit, bit Simon. <laughs> I'm going to... Whoa. Summer weddings are always a bit stressful for football fans, whether you're the inviter or the invitee with the World Cups and Euros to consider. Bearing that in mind, we chose July the 3rd, 2021. Because, of course, World Cups and Euros are on even numbers. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Until along came the coronavirus. Breaking news, Euros June the 11th to July the 11th. It'll be the quarterfinals the day we get... Wed and I'll probably be flying over the Atlantic for the final. Oh well, third time lucky at least for the love of my life.
1: Well, we, we are always timeless, not topical because we trust people will listen to these for to the year twenty sixty when everything ends. <laughs> but uh, uh, the thing about you can only have five guests at a wedding. Have you that? Oh no! Yeah. Really? Which? Yeah, you can only have five oh. guests at a wedding. I know. You see, there's the difference. Uh, with, I, I'm not being. I'm not trying to be old-fashioned here. I, uh, Wendy, said, have you seen, that? you're going to have five people at a wedding? And immediately, anyone who's got daughters goes, hey,
0: kids, <laughs> now, on. do it now,
1: come on. I Two don't... sets, some parents are the best man. bring that fellow you used to go out with. This is, t- <laughs> this is it. Everyone's been looking for this silver lining. And I've got to say, fathers with daughters everywhere said, I know you're only 11. But it's, n- it's never too early. This is the time. <laughs> Honestly, five guests at a wedding. This is a- oh. about hosts. I think it's all those. maybe our jobs or grandfather used to oh, do this. That's pa- what grandparent used to do. We've got that going on. Uh, this is from our correspondent David. My grandfather, Bryce Cassell. Oh, hello, Bryce. Uh, My grandfather, Bryce Gassels, was a tailor who served his apprenticeship in a shop in Savile Row. He was born in Glasgow, moved to London around 1929, and then worked in tailor shops in London and Glasgow until the early 60s. Sadly, I never met him, and my own father passed away four years ago, so this story could be a complete fantasy. We don't care. No, we simply don't care. Um... I can remember watching the news and TV family family TV shows with my dad in the 70s. And he would say regularly to almost everyone in a suit, your granddad made him that suit. (laughs) The most famous person I remember him saying your granddad made him that suit was Sammy Davis Jr. And I now say to my children, when anyone from the 60s, especially Sammy Davis Jr. comes on... Your grandfather made that suit. So I feel a special bond with the entertainer. Keep washing your hands, David Cassells. Pierce, my grandfather also played football football for a team in West London League called Lighthouse FC. I have a silver engraved League One Winner's Medal from him. Oh, that a lot. The old boy might have. I think he might have been a fantasist, the old boy. No, did anyone buy a medal and have it engraved. And he you make Sammy Davis' soup? What <laughs> a rip snorter. I'm not buying it. What have you got there, Pat? Well,
0: this is... Um, we asked about readings of the will. Yes, we did. And this is uh, from Jez.
1: I think our chapel music behind this, if I might... I mean, you know, I'm producing as we go. What can I tell you? Like, no, I think that's it's right. It's like Lennon in the Amsterdam room. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Everybody's talking about... He's Shreddy, shreddy. ready.
0: You're ready. <laughs> braggles and baggis. No, no, copyright, Johnny. copyright. Oh, gosh. When our father died last year, my brother, sister and I went to the undertakers to finalise the details of the funeral. I'm not sure if this is standard practice, but it included a reading of the will. It was quite a surreal set of circumstances anyway, as my uncle, our dad's brother, and an extremely jolly man, worked there as an undertaker <laughs> despite being well into his 80s. At the appropriate moment, my brother, who had been designated ex-executor, ex- opened the envelope and read the contents of the will in complete silence and then put it all away again. Yeah. He just read it. Just read it to himself. That's a great
1: <laughs> The reading of the will. Blunt takes it out, reads it
0: silently, puts it back. I was puzzled, but didn't want to look too needy, so I let it go and we carried on discussing the funeral arrangements. To be clear, I had a pretty good idea of what the will might say, but to not have it confirmed verbally seemed a little odd. Stranger still was a few moments later when all the lights went out. It was January at 5pm. It was pitch black in there and we were all a little spooked. My uncle had proceeded to enter the rear of the building with the aid of the light of a mobile phone to find the fuse box fuse box. He found it hilarious and despite many years in the trade this was a first. Finally, lighting was restored and a sense of calm was restored too. Several weeks it took for me to actually ask what the willard said and for those still hanging on to details of that part of the story, I was indeed name checked and I like to think the power cut was a last joke from Dad. What do you mean name checked? What did he get? Exactly! For those guess? still interested! We're all waiting to see. Yeah, no. We want to know if there's another wooden boat rotting Oh, don't no,
1: mind about that he could have, we could have finally found the last rest of in place of Isaac Newton's tooth, it could be. This fellow's be something. Way, um, you know what the greatest last words? And this just happens to be. Well, I think the broadcasting gods, if nothing else, have been kind to us at the moment. Because one of the other things on my list is Ibsen. Uh, Going <laughs> up. Sure can, can, can you name a good Ibsen play? Wrote, I know he wrote. Uh, is the Dolls House one? The Dolls House, of course. And then, I, I, yeah. if I might look down, I've got Hedda Gabler and both. Oh Gold's yes, my favourite. But it said when I was looking at this, his most famous play is The Wild Duck. Ever heard of it? it it's not. The Wild Duck. The Wild Duck. He also wrote another one called um uh, the, Com- the Comedy of Romance. Don't hear about these. Not revival. No, no, no revival. No. You know? But his last words are the most funny episode, uh, not known for a million laughs. Well, his last words were, and if you look at any biography of I him, mean, you'll see that I'm not making this up he fell ill he was quite old he he fell ill and he had a nurse assigned to him and his daughters came round to see him uh, one day in 1906 when he died and the nurse came round and they said to his daughter how is he she went he's a lot better today and he rose in bed and said on the contrary (laughs) and died (laughs) that is absolutely true (laughs) he's a little bit better today
0: Country.
1: He dies. <laughs> you could <don't, laughs> you possibly give. That is
0: the greatest last words I've ever heard.
1: Uh, oh no! The, <laughs> and I never can remember. Oh, this is terrible. So it won't work. So I can't remember who it is. But there was, it, it was a composer. I think it was a, a classical composer who rose up on, you know, mm. to the upright position on his deathbed, and his last words were
0: flop. I'm a flop. And he's... Oh, oh He that's you know, something. I
1: don't know who amongst us in show business can say those wouldn't <laughs> be appetite last words. But Ibsen, on the contrary... <laughs> That is a sense of theatrical. we were supposed to cheer everyone up. We've done death. Oh no, no, no! Because I uh, will tell you, if, if God forbid, if any, you know, anything happens between now and the next show, I hope to go out with a pie off like that, a pie off like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might do. I think yeah. they been doing it. Yeah, that's, that's, been that's really nice. This, this was, this, this was a test. Uh, that was all you just heard, Don't cut the out. He has to get paid. I knew it was edging. I knew it was edging around at the microphone. <laughs> it's like those people in Coronation Street you see in the cabin but they're still there if they say thank you when they get their newspaper 15 quid invoice from the agent uh, so that's where we are everyone uh, I hope you'll stick with us so we'll all stick together as they say throughout this uh, if you've not heard the treehouse before it, 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 it doesn't matter it's, it's pretty much like this except it has the others have some uh, but that'll do us of course uh, thank you Ollie's been sitting there earning his 15 extra quid now uh, Louise Pepper uh, on the other side of the table, but as always, chiefly yourselves. Now, please stay tuned for next week's subjects.
0: <laughs> next time on The Treehouse, were you ever given lines at school? What have your pets found? Other uses for clothing? And the first thing your partner ever said to you? <laughs>